Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Greetings, O Earthlings. It's Villa from Finnish band called Him. And at the moment, you have the pleasure of enjoying Talking Metal. Hey, this is John Five from Rob Zombie, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Evan Seinfeld from Democracy and Biohazard, and you're listening to Talking Metal Podcast. Hi, this is Andrea, and this is Chris from Lacuna Coil, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Check it out. Hey, this is Stephen Pierce. you're listening to The Rat Bastard on Talking Metal. This is Ethan Death from Kill Chillia, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Mike Vassera from Obsession, you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Scott Bowen from Obsession, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Slow. I'm Ken from the band on Earth, and you're listening to TalkingMetal.com. Hey, it's Eddie Trout from Q104 in New York City and VH1 Classic, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, I'm Tara Patrick, and you're listening to my favorite, Talking Metal. Hey, this is Devin Townsend from Strapping Young Lad, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Scotty from Anthrax, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Jeff Tate from Queensryche, and you're listening to Talking Metal. God bless America. Hey, this is your blood brother of the American dream, Ted Nugent, celebrating the American rock and roll dream on Talking Metal. Live it up. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Randy from Lamb of God, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Joey Baldana from Anthrax, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Kevin Roy from Mastery, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, what's up? This is Brad from Two Days Grace, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Nick from Black Label Society, you're listening to Talking Metal. Yeah, this is JD from Black Label Society, you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Tyler Fire from the Brothers Grimm Sideshow, the world's greatest collection of freaks, wonders, and human curiosities, and you will fit right in because you are listening to Talking Metal. Yo, what's up? This is Shavo from System of Down, and you listen to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Teddy Zigzag, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Matt from Velvet Revolver, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Jimmy Paul from Pantera, Damage Plan, and Rebel Meets Rebel, and you're kicking ass and listening to Talking Metal right here. Yo, what's up, boys and girls? This is Frank Bella from Anthrax, and you are now listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Dave from Revolver, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Michael Lardy from Great White Slash and Night Ranger, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Rob Zombie, and you're Talking Metal. Hey, man, this is Scott Travis with Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. What's up, Metalhead? This is Jack Frost, you're listening to Talking Metal. Turn it up! Hey, everybody, this is Gilby Clark, and we're Talking Metal. Uh, hello, Talking Metal. This is 
rock and roll fruit, CDC banana. I was your very first guest. You've had a hundred episodes after me, and let's face it, it's all been downhill from here. I shall return. Congratulations. Jim Brewer, and you're listening to Talking Metal! Hi, this is Dave Hill from Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Vizio, you're rocking with Talking Metal! Hello, This is Casey Chaos from AMN, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Phil Cohen from Def Leppard, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is the Count from Cow's Customs in Vegas, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Turn it up! Hey, this is Nick and Mike and Chris, and I'm Tyson, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, I'm Marty Casey, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hey Metalheads, this is Christina from Lacuna Coil and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Bruce Kulick and you're listening to The Best. Hey, this is Sal the Stockbroke from the Howard Stern Show and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, what's up? This is Jeremy Clink from the app. You're listening to Talking Metal. Yeah, this is Mia from him and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Robert Sweet, the drummer from Striper and you're here at Talking Metal. Hey, this is Sebastian Bob Curtis. Uh, hey, this is Bumble Free. You're listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Yeah. Rock, rock over London, Zurich, Auckland, Dublin, Dallas, Milwaukee, Los Angeles, Sydney, Indianapolis, Tokyo, Seattle, Paris, Budapest, Berlin, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, two men who are committed to rocking you wherever you might be, John Astronomy and Mark Striegel. Welcome to the Talking Metal Podcast, broadcasting around the world from TalkingMetal.com and StriegelsMusicNews.com. This is John Astronomy. I'm hanging out with a guy that you've seen on VH1. He's one of the metal experts, plays an explorer, Mr. Mark Striegel. Checking in. Check one, two. John, grab your glass of wine there, and let's do a big toast to all the Talking Metal listeners who've made it to episode 100. Cheers to you guys. Thank you, guys. We have raided John's wine rack, and I am drinking a bottle of Black Opal. What year is that? That is 2002. It's pretty good. good. I am actually drinking a bottle of Black Opal as well, but mine's a 2004 Cabernet Merlot. This stuff is from Australia. It helps when you have a wine store right next to your apartment. It does, definitely. That store down there, we should do a toast to them because they've supplied us with a lot of booze. Let's do another toast. We've paid toast. for all of it. Yeah, we, yeah. we What is that place called free. down there? Newport Liquor or something? Probably. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Coming to you from John's apartment here in Jersey City, recording onto Pro Tools, going straight into the computer. First off, we just played IDs from a bunch of our guests. That's only a portion of the guests that we've had on the show. We might play some more IDs later. I don't know if we're going to have time, but we've had some great guests, a lot of a lot of just super fantastic rock stars and rockers and rock musicians coming on the show, and a big hats off to all those guys because they all helped 
put us on the map. But the one thing that really took the spotlight and, and, and made it focus on Talking Metal is our coverage of Guns N' Roses, the Chinese Democracy Stakeouts. Those were three fun-filled episodes that were ridiculous, serious, stupid, smart, exciting, and boring all at once. Yeah, we had such a great time doing those, and we did them because we are just serious fans of Guns N' Roses, and literally... We had more fun doing them, I think, than possibly the listeners had listening to them, and they had a lot of fun. So that shows how much fun we had talking about one of our favorite bands in the whole world, Guns N' Roses. And I can tell you, everything that was on those episodes, like us running into Sterling Sound and whatnot, actually happened. It would be, yeah. That's the real deal. Yeah. We had such a great time, and we want to thank everybody who listened to those episodes and... We're fans of the Guns N' Roses coverage because we had a blast. You know, it really helped get us on the map. Like I said earlier, it brought us a ton of listeners, a lot of listeners that stayed with us. We know you guys love Guns N' Roses. We know you love Iron Maiden, Dream Theater, you know, Black Sabbath. Everybody's been emailing their favorite bands in, Children of Bodom. So we hear all you guys we read all the emails that come into talking metal at yahoo.com we appreciate it and we truly truly love you guys and the only reason that we have probably stuck with it for a hundred episodes is because of the great feedback and the great emails and the great ratings and hits and downloads you've given us and john you you called me earlier today we had been in the top 40 on uh, itunes in the music podcast section. And then I think we slipped out for a little bit. I think we were at like 42 or something. We were at 37 today. Absolutely. We're back. And what's cool about that is that's top 40 music podcasts of all styles of music worldwide. Yes. And talking metals in there. So yeah, that's it's just amazing. not rock music. There's classical, there's right. world music. So thanks to you guys. And if you are an iTunes user, which I know most of you are, Feel free to write a review on on our homepage there on the iTunes Music Store, and uh, you know we also have a Talking Metal MySpace page now. So if you are on MySpace, send us a request. I believe it's actually I know it's MySpace.com/slash/TalkingMetal. An and we want to thank another one of our listeners, Omar. Omar, yeah, he's uh, he had a death in the family recently, but we're sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, we are sorry to hear that, Omar. I did send you out a full book of Engve Malmsteen's songs, fully transcribed, brand new book, supplied by our friends at uh, Sheet Music Plus. Great, great. Yes. Thanks, Omar, for setting that up for us. Also, all you iTunes users, all you MySpace fans, check out TalkingMetal.com. That is the central source for all things Talking Metal. We've Definitely. got photos, photo galleries, We've got something really special this episode, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And we've just had such a great year. The funny thing is that Mark and I do these podcasts from random locations. A lot of them are done from my apartment where we've got a little recording studio here in Jersey City, New Jersey. And we really just have such a great time doing them, not only because we like to talk about metal and we like to talk to each other about metal, 
but we honestly feel like we are talking directly to all of the Talking Metal listeners and especially the listeners who email us. And we can tell you honestly that both Mark and I read every single email that comes in. Without question, yep. Now, our first episode, we had our friend on, who is somebody we've both known for years, CeCe Banana. Banana. He kind of came on as a favor to his two buddies who were trying to get some kind of crazy podcast Podcast going. going. And at that point, we weren't even doing it in the official studio setup. We were doing it like in the bedroom. (laughs) It was really funny. And uh, CeCe Banana was nice enough to come by and do that. I think he left to, to go to an L.A. Guns concert or something. something like that. Yeah. Anyways, he'll be on episode 101, by the way. He's making a return appearance. But nothing against CC Banana, but I have to say our our guest status of guest has, has gone up slightly. Today we have a few ex-members of Guns N' Roses on the podcast. Actual members, Matt Sorum, for example. Right. Matt Sorum was so cool. I hooked up with him at a red carpet situation at a Motley Crue Hard Rock Cafe anniversary concert. And what was cool is during red carpet interviews, if you're ever watching Mad TV, they do a lot of this stuff. And you see that when they talk to somebody, it's like one sentence and the people are off. Matt Sorum was so cool that actually he stepped off the red carpet into a little area and hung out for a while with Talking Metal. And that was great. And you hooked up with Steven Tyler, too, there, which you yeah. just showed me a picture of you, Steven, and his girlfriend, and the talking metal Mike Cube is right in there, <laughs> so excellent stuff, yeah. dude. We're going to have an entire episode dedicated to the three-day span of really cool Hard Rock Cafe anniversary stuff, Yeah, and that's going to come up soon. And in addition to Matt Sorum, who is so cool, we've got another former Guns N' Roses member, Teddy Zigzag Andreatis. So this is it. It's the countdown to Chinese democracy. This is the Guns N' Roses Summit, and we are counting down. Axel has told us it will arrive in 2006. Word on the street is there is some mad last-minute mixing and mastering going on as we speak. And we are so excited. I am surprised. I actually, if we would go back to those stakeout episodes and you told me in October 2006 the album still wasn't out, I probably would have been surprised, but not that surprised. Because <laughs> in the world of Chinese democracy, in the world of Guns N' Roses, you never know. You just never know. Absolutely. Some of these songs that we've all heard that Guns N' Roses has played live have been amazing. My favorite, personally, is the song Better. Better is, I have to admit, and I don't know if I should legally say this, but I do have the the you know downloaded, unmixed copy of that. And you know, on my iPod, you can go and you can see how many play counts each song has. I had like 56 on that one. It's the most yeah. played song on my iPod. On your iPod. It is, and that's amazing. It is, it is a spectacular song. It's a masterpiece. I want to get into reminiscing a little bit about some of our past Guns N' Roses experiences, but just to start off, I actually told Axel at one of the parties right after the Hammerstein shows, actually after the first Hammerstein show, that I thought that that was a musical masterpiece. And it is. Uh, Madagascar is another favorite of mine. That's great. Great song. Great song. Of course, I've only heard that live. That wasn't one of the leaked tracks, if you will. But 
there was a rumor that out in the Geffen building in Santa Monica that they, I guess, have a stereo system on the roof, and some of the A&R guys were up there cranking mixed Guns N' Roses Chinese democracy tracks. Of course, this rumor comes off of the crazy message boards, so don't know if you can believe it. Most of the stuff on there actually turns out to be not true, as as we all know. But uh, enough of that. I believe the tracks are on the way. I believe some of them are mixed. I've been told that Jimmy, the CEO of... Uh, Interscope has heard some of the tracks, and I think they're just tying up some loose ends, and I think we're going to see a record real soon. I really believe it. I believe it. I'm psyched for it, and I cannot wait. Now, now you, let's start off with the real shit right here. <laughs> you, Axl Rose, hanging out backstage at the VMAs, MTV Video Music Awards, and anybody who doesn't believe this is full of something or another because... It was live on TV. John, let's watch this down right now. This is craziness. Who is this guy talking? This is Damien. He's one of the VJs for MTV, and we've been friends for a long time. And this is like the post-show or something? Actually, this is during the actual VMAs on MTV Overdrive. They were showing... Now, what's that? What's MTV Overdrive? Actually, MTV Overdrive is the broadband channel of MTV. So that's online version of MTV. And they were simulcasting a live backstage show on Overdrive. Okay, play it down. Congratulations to them, obviously. And we've got our cameras all over uh, this place. And let's go check out... Should we check out the prompter? What's going on there? Oh, number 17. I'm sorry, 17. Let's go to camera 17. Axel is uh, hanging out right there. Let's see what's going on with him. And the guy he's talking to, his name is John Ostrowski. He has a band. And what does he play? He works in our library. And he loves Kiss. He will, whenever I'm in the elevator, going to the Viacom cafeteria, he won't stop talking about Paul Stanley. Now, the crazy thing, that is awesome, dude. That is amazing. <laughs> it's funny. It's the, this, the VJ starts talking about you and Axel, and the cameraman does a push into you. He cuts <laughs> Axel out of the frame there for a second. He's it's like, it, it's, it's like about you. It's like... Talking about Paul Stanley. It's <laughs> that awesome. That is the funniest thing ever. Do a toast ever. right now. Okay, to let's Axel do a toast to Damien, Axel, Paul Stanley, and the VMAs. I could tell you some crazy <laughs> VMA uh, party stories, by the way. Oh, we should actually get into those. Let's get into a great Back VMA story real quick. Ten years ago, uh, Kiss played under the Brooklyn Bridge, and I was at that show, and then I hung out at the VMA party afterwards. And I may, maybe I've told these stories before on air. I don't know, but partying with literally Flea, Mike Tyson, and Dennis Rotman. Dennis Rotman was like passed out on the on the ground in Bryant Park. Remember? How You're they not going to believe this. There? You're not going to believe this. What's that? I slept in Bryant Park that night. That night, yeah, yeah. I worked at the Brooklyn Bridge where Kiss played. Right, and my actual job was to make sure KISS had whatever they needed. Believe it or not, that was my job, similar to the Axel thing. Right. And what happened was I went back to the party with my great friend Alex Coletti, who produced that and who produced MTV Unplugged with KISS and all the MTV Unplugs. Nirvana, didn't he? I think he has that producer credit on the actual Nirvana Unplugged record. Right. And... We went back to the party, and then I wound up hanging out with this girl that I really, really liked for a long time. 
and we wound up kind of like going off on our own, but we were still in Bryant Park, and the next thing you know, we both woke up, and it was the next day. We were on a right. park bench in Bryant Park, and then we came back here to uh, well, my, Jersey City. My brother was at, and I want to get back to this Axel clip right. that you just played us, but my brother was at, he, you know, my brother's from Jersey. He doesn't come up to New York much, but uh, he was with me. At one point in the night, I turned around. Again, this is 10 years ago, 96. No doubt was really hot at the time. Right. As, as was and is Gwen Stefani. I turned around and he was like chatting up Gwen Stefani That's at the great. bar. <laughs> And he's That's just awesome. like he was like this long-haired guy from like Jersey. You know, he's just it was great. It was great. My mom's favorite video moment of me on stage is your brother, the Mad Doctor, coming on Jumping doing on stage. God of Thunder with oh, nice. Captain T and astronomy. Nice. So let me, let's get back to the uh, which I know the video you're talking about, right, which is right. awesome. Yeah, let's get back to this uh, this clip we just watched let's post this on the site yeah we're People gonna post have, a clip on the site this out everybody go to talkingmetal.com look at the show notes for episode 100 and there will be a link to the video footage of axel rose me and damien narrating the footage on our site Excellent. What, what were you guys talking about? I can see you and Axel. You're like having a <laughs> At conversation. At one point, I'm there. pointing up. And yeah. It, you know, it's funny because I didn't remember exactly what I was talking about. But now I think when I was pointing up, I was talking about the Foundations Room at Mandalay Bay in Mandalay Las Vegas. It's oh, okay, part of right, the House right. of Blues. Sure. And you know who took me there? Shannon Larkin from Godsmack. Oh, and right, Casey right. Chaos. Yeah, uh, yeah. They Both of those guys took me up there. And it's crazy. We went up there. I uh, went into. He a, used to be in, in Amen, right? Shannon. Right, yeah, right, right. Shannon plays on all the Amen stuff. He plays drums on everything. I think the Amen stuff, it, like records, are just Casey and Shannon. Right. So we go up there, and I mean, it was nuts, man. We went into this exclusive room. Tommy Lee was in there with his entourage and friends. And what happened was a little bit later, Ace came in, Ace Freely. And then me, Ace, Slash, and a few, quote, friends went off. Those blonde chicks? In a limo, yeah. yeah. There were some pictures online. Were they like triplets or something? There were five blondes, believe it or not, and they all were dressed the same. But wasn't it like a twin convention? There was or? a twin convention going on, but somehow there were five girls dressed alike that looked the same that may or may not have had something to do with the twin convention. So... uh Needless to say, we were out with them. Wow, that's some hot stuff. We'll leave it at that. Bumblefoot is the new guitar player of Guns N' Roses. He's an old friend from way back, and this guy is an insane guitar player. I've seen him play to sold-out crowds with Guns N' Roses in uh, in New York City. I've also seen him play in in clubs. Uh, Fairview. Fairview. He did a lot of shows out out in uh, Jersey and Brooklyn and, and still does with the Bumblefoot band. Um, he's fantastic. This song, there's a link on talkingmetal.com. Please support Bumblefoot. If you use iTunes, buy the MP3 of this. We even get a little cut on it, so which helps us out, and we appreciate the support. This is a great song. It's off his normal CD, and it's called The Color of Justice. It's just a short little song, so we're going to let it play out. I want you guys, in the meantime, to go buy it. If you dig it, go buy it. And we're going to come back and talk some more. 
tan lotion Good luck in the afterlife Don't forget to bring an ice cool ocean Well thank you for the vision of truth You've shown me the world like I've never seen A right and wrong are as clear as day But the color of justice is green well, Good luck in the afterlife Don't forget to bring what you got paid to Good luck in the afterlife Don't forget the pictures of those poisoned by you Well thank you for making me stare into the dark And focus on the ugliest scene Justice by our good friend Bumblefoot. Now, Mark, you and Bumblefoot have been corresponding recently. Just a little bit. We're trying to get him on the podcast, but as you know, there's been a, a number of stories written about him, including like his his college newspaper and stuff, and, and he's basically made it known that he really can't talk to anybody at this time. But he definitely doesn't want to come on the podcast and uh, has encouraged us to play his music, which we just did. A big talking metal toast to Bumblefoot. Hey, Ron. Cheers. You're, you're, uh, you're almost empty there. Yeah, right? I. you know what's funny is that we don't just have one bottle of wine. We have six online ready to go. Mark has got one. I've got one. And then it's a we've celebration. Got four more. It's episode 100. And this might be a long episode, guys, so just bear with it, man. Hang out. Talk some Guns and Roses. Chinese democracy is going to blow our minds. Yeah. And we are so incredibly psyched. Where's Axel? Is he coming on the show? But wait, 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 before you answer, a toast to W. Axel Rose. Cheers, my brother. Cheers, brother. It would be amazing if Axel came on Talking Metal. I'll tell you, Axel is really, really cool. I mean, we've been lucky enough to been in Axel's presence a few times and I mean every time he's just been amazing the first time we've been in his presence at his concerts and up close but the first time we've been one-on-one with Axel was the night of the first Hammerstein show yes and I was so psyched that you I was so scared <laughs> yeah John and Emily are up talking to Axel I was like scared like in the corner I, th- I didn't know I was just I had a friend who had been talking to Axel even more than than I was. His name is Chris. He's uh, one oh, of my sure. Chris. best friends. Chris took us to all these parties. He's friends with Metal Mike and Sebastian. Yeah, right. And he's he's in it with that whole group. And what happened was, 
I actually had been partying a little bit that night because I was so psyched about the show, and you were you? playing. You were partying. Yeah, yeah. It's a rare thing. A rare thing. <laughs> I was. Partying. I was drinking Red Bull all night, which I think yeah. was the problem. Yeah, I think that may have like. It caused me crazy. to get real nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Because yeah. Red Bull does that, man. I drank one of those ones. Believe me, I don't need cocaine because I am flying high naturally. Right. I, and, I and need by the way, you're not saying that I was doing no, no, cocaine. No, 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 no. Mark was being a good talking metal rep. And by the way, there's some kind of flying here because I actually, took up my I screen. Think it might be a mosquito. Oh, jeez. Be careful. I opened the screen. In my apartment, and now random bats. You know who knows. People don't know that, but but there are crazy. We'll get back to this. I just <laughs> saw a raccoon on the way over here, yeah, it's and insane. a bat. I, you I, saw a bat? Yeah, yeah. See, I've been talking about bats recently. I mean, no kidding. And I didn't even think there were bats in New York. You know, Central Park is contaminated with bats. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm, contaminated I it. is the word, but heavily populated. When I was a kid, we had a bat in our house once. It flew in somehow, and we, we like, put a coat on it or something, and it went in the attic. Mark is pouring a little more wine. the end of a bottle. This is insane. See, Talking Metal, we don't just, like, get a bottle of wine. We get six bottles. We got an actual full bar. We got beer. We got everything. See, we're not promoting drinking and driving or anything like that. But no, what we I, are doing I, I'm in walking distance, is I'm promoting gonna, rock and roll. I'm either going to – my wife's going to pick me up or I'm going to walk home. And you know what? Speaking of wine, we're drinking wine because this is our 100th episode. We're doing something special tonight. And it just reminds me of the, the party that we went to. Right. But wh- so, what, what do you think are the chances? Would he come on the show? Here's the deal. I kick myself now because from now on, I will always have a business card with me because I was talking to Axel, telling him some personal stuff. and This is at the party, not at the VMAs. No, this is not at the VMAs. Yeah, this is at the party after the first night of the Hammerstein show. And Axel said, to me, can, can I get your info? Do you have a card? His exact words, do you have a card? And I'm like, uh, you're not going to believe it. I don't have a card. But I'm going to write it down, and then me and Robin Fink went kind of off, and we were talking about some Gibson guitars, and I wrote down my info and gave it to him and him for Axel. And what was funny is that from that point on, I realized I need to have business cards with me all the time. Right. Yeah, definitely. And that was my mistake. I have I have my Talking Metal business card. And then I have my sci-fi, you know, my real job. Official business business card. Yeah, I have have numerous cards Cards. on me uh, at all times. See, that's really good. And what was cool about that night is that Axel was like, I mean, I'll tell you the truth. I play some minor concerts in New York. And after the gig, I'm like wiped out completely. This is after a full-on Guns N' Roses spectacular. Like a three-hour concert. Yeah. And, actually, and this is two, at this point. Like 2 a.m.? Like 2, 3 a.m.? Yeah, 3 a.m. actually, yeah. And Axel is like as calm and collected and cool and relaxed as can be. It's amazing. And he's like, hey, uh, you know, we're talking about guitars and we're talking about Gibsons and our friends and and he's just so cool that's the one thing about axel that i just think is amazing because that day and then also the day of the vmas he was just such a calm and cool cool guy right definitely and i know my wife had a conversation about indiana with him and patron 
that he had imported into this party. That's great. He was drinking Patron and and uh, Heineken Light, and he was having a great time. He seemed really pleased to be to be back at it. Back back at it. And I'll tell you the truth: those New York shows were the talk of the town. Yeah, they were some real special special days. People came in from all around the world to go to those four warm up. I don't even call them warm up. People may have called them warm up. I call them. Full on Guns N' Roses spectaculars. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take care of just a few orders of business right now, and then we're going to get back to the Guns N' Roses coverage. But I know John made some connections with the Sanctuary people in all seriousness at the VMA show, and they do know that we want Axel on the podcast, and they are receptive to our phone calls at this point and our emails so maybe there is hope who knows and right now an open invitation to the great axel rose to come on the podcast at any time and talk some chinese democracy talk some old school stories i mean that was so great when he was on eddie trunk that time just absolutely down all those old stories what was crazy is that i was with eddie earlier that day right and believe it or not i mean we had such a blast we were with ace freely Peter Chris, we were doing some interviews for VH1's Rock Honors, and I actually left because I was a little bit tired, and Eddie said he was going to go out to dinner, and he was going to head over to his show, and no one at that point had any clue that Axel was going to come on the show, and that was just an amazing thing. I remember trying to call you, but it was so late that you had your phone off, and and, uh, you were sleeping, and... It was late in the night, but what a great thing. Congratulations to Eddie Trunk for doing such a great interview. Definitely. And having Axel on his show. Absolutely. So let me let me let you uh, take a bite of your food there. John just got some Chinese food delivered here. And I'm going to get into just a few things I wanted to rattle off here, kind of non-Guns and Roses related. The new Spin magazine is out, by the way. It is uh, dated October 2006. A band called Panic at the Disco is on the the cover. I wanted to mention that Kill Cheerleader, which is a band, I think we were the first to play Kill Cheerleader, at least on a national, international level. Kill Cheerleader has a great article written about them in here. And this just isn't like a little little blip. It's like a full-page article. And I'm flipping through the magazine right now looking for it. I should have had this marked. But... uh yeah. Anyways, there it is. A great picture of them and a uh, nice little article on them. So if you haven't bought the record already, go get the Kill Cheerleader record. We actually go to our review section on TalkingMetal.com. There's a review written up and there's a link in there where you can purchase the record. Revolver has uh, put out a new issue. There's some cool stuff in there. Mark from Lamb of God interviews Dave Mustaine. They list the 50th they list the 50 heaviest hitters in metal history. Uh, it's a good read. Definitely check out Revolver Magazine. We're, John and I are big fans of that magazine. The new Guitar Player Magazine, which John and I are also big fans of, has John Fushanti from Red Hot Chili Peppers on the cover. Great article and lesson masterclass with Children of Bodom in that magazine. So definitely check them out. We are already in talks with uh, Children of Bodom's manager about doing something real crazy after that Hammerstein. No, is it Hammerstein or is it Nokia they're playing? I think it's Nokia, actually. 
uh, their New York show in December. That might even be the big Talking Metal Christmas party. I'm thinking about doing something crazy like a post party. Maybe listeners will be coming in to New York, hanging out with us. Who knows? A, a listener, a devoted listener, her name is Bonnie. She's actually starting her own website, magazine type of thing. It's called Wild Child. Check it out at W-I-L-D-C-H-I-L-D-M-A-G.com. That's Bonnie's site. I know she's got a MySpace page too, so definitely uh, look for that. Look for the Talking Metal MySpace page. Look for the Astronomy MySpace page. That's right. Which is myspace.com slash astronomy. Bonnie, send me a friend request, and I'd love to have you as a friend. Or I will send you a friend request. So anyway, I got some news. What's um, that, John? I just got this in my mail today. It was great when you open your mailbox and you see the Kiss logo. And I got a picture of Paul Stanley and his new record, Live to Win, in stores everywhere, ten twenty four oh six. And I've got a big announcement coming up tonight about Kiss. But first, there's going to be an Allentown, Pennsylvania Kiss Expo. It's October 8th. From 12 p.m. to 9 p.m., it's going to feature special guests, Kiss guitarist Bruce Kulick, a great friend of Talking Metal, author Lydia Chris, who I guarantee you guys are going to freak out when you see her new book, Sealed with a Kiss. Really? Yeah, this thing is insane. I've not seen it. I've had a personal invitation from Lydia to come up to our place and check it out. Tell Lydia I said hello. By the way, Lydia and I were roommates for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Mark lived in Lydia's apartment for a while. Yeah, roommates might not be the word. I actually was uh, a guy who rented a bedroom from her. She had an amazing, and I mean amazing, apartment. Lydia has the best apartment out of any person I've ever seen in New York. I rented a room from her for about three or four months, and uh, one night I came home, and who was in the apartment hanging out? Ace Frehley. Yeah. True story. True yeah. story. We'll go into that. Absolute true time. story. We'll do that on the next Actually, why don't we episode. invite Lydia to come on the podcast? Yeah, we're going to invite Lydia. I actually already did. And she's right. she's going to come on. And Lydia will come on Talking Metal to talk about her new book, which you will think is freaking unbelievable. So anyway, here's my announcement. I have been working on a secret project for a while now. It's called Kissology Volume 1, 1974. To 1977, an amazing DVD project. This is an official Kiss product, and you are what? What is your position on it? Researcher, production consultant, production consultant. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, you know what's great is I've been a Kiss fan forever, and to get my name as a credit on an actual producer and all these things. And an actual kiss release is amazing. Wow. Well, keep me posted on that, please. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be able to make the Kiss Expo. I'm going to be out in New Mexico on the 8th. Uh, actually, for about a week, I think I'm heading out there the 3rd or something. And I'm doing interviews for this new sci-fi show, which is coming to sci-fi in December. It'll be a mini-series. It's called The Lost Room. And for sci-fi, I'm going to be interviewing Peter Krause, Kevin Pollack, and Juliana Margulies. Yeah, Juliana Margulies is amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah, Emmy Award winner. She's got long, curly black hair. And I just think she's literally one of the hottest movie stars out there. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to getting out there and... Good for you, man. Interviewing them, and actually, we're going to be rapping on that show, so there's going to be a big post-rap party, which should be fun. Quick thing. 
Yeah. You know what I think is amazing? That you saw a few episodes of the new Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I've actually seen five. The first five episodes now. By See, the way, like, if you want a Battlestar Galactica t-shirt or an Anthrax sticker... Send an email in to me. The first few people who email in, we will get those out to you. The Battlestar Galactica t-shirt says frack off on the front in red. All you Battlestar people know that frack is a, a word used quite frequently on Battlestar Galactica. And then on the back, it says sci-fi and Battlestar Galactica. It's a cool t-shirt. Be sure to download for free on iTunes Battlestar Galactica, the story so far. It is a recap uh, that'll bring you up to date on the last two seasons so you can jump right into the third season. Even if you've never seen Battlestar before, with this 45-minute episode, it'll get you up to date. John's actually seen it. Yeah, absolutely. I learned all my Battlestar stuff from the story so far. Yeah, so check that out for free on iTunes. Uh, Boy, Adam from Sci-Fi actually was... Wanted me to mention that to all you guys. Check out my blog, which is on WordPress. It's linked through the Talking Metal link page. Check out Astronomy's MySpace page, the Talking Metal MySpace page. And, uh, you know, be sure to go to TalkingMetal.com for all your Talking Metal needs. You ready to get back to the Guns N' Roses countdown to Chinese democracy coverage? Absolutely. You know what I want to ask you, Mark? What's that? And I want to talk about this, too. I want to ask you about your first Guns experience. Yeah. My first Guns experience was when Guns N' Roses came to the Philadelphia Spectrum and opened for Aerosmith. It was the original group. I would say it was probably 88 and uh, would have been, I guess, the permanent vacation tour for Aerosmith. And they opened up. The place went nuts. Axel went off on the cops. He said that they'd been harassing him and his brother and you know it almost he'd been in jail all day and it was if you go back to the guns and roses history books it's like one of those shows that was noted the place went berserk when they came on they were threw all the chairs out of the front row and all the kids rushed the stage uh i was in my glory i was with a few people i worked with i don't even remember who they were but uh actually i do remember one guy that was there graham i think but it was an amazing amazing show and it rocked awfully hard. Very, very cool. I had the amazing experience to be in Boston in 1987. September 1987, I went to Boston. And shortly after that, I was only 17 years old, but I went to a club called the Paradise Rock Club and saw a concert The opening act was Easy O from Japan, produced by Gene Simmons, who did an amazing set. And the headliner was the one and only Guns N' Roses. And I was right up front, like first to third row, depending on where I was hanging at the time. And what was so funny about that concert is that, not about the concert, but about me, is that I met a girl there who I wrote about in a class that I had, which was called songwriting, because that's where I went to school. And I wrote a journal all about the experience at the Guns N' Roses concert. I should find that. That might be a uh, funny talking metal thing for me to talk about, where I just reminisced 
back in the day about how great that concert was and how great this girl was that I met at the show. But it was amazing. It was Guns N' Roses early, early on. 1987, Paradise Rock Club. And I first heard them in a club called Narcissus, which is actually kind of in the news right now because it was in Kenmore Square, and there's a big sign that says Sitgo in Kenmore Square, and there's like a big controversy about the Sitgo sign at the moment. Anyway, amazing stuff. Back in the day, the original Guns N' Roses, and uh, what's cool is that both me and you were hanging out back in that time and saw yeah, that stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, one thing to point out is that that was such an exciting time, that original, those original five guys in that lineup, you know, and, and them just taking the states by storm. They had released Live Like a Suicide, which was a live, fake live record, as we right. now know, that they tried to make out to be like an indie record, but it was actually, I think, financed by Geffen. And I remember picking that record up in a in a record store in a Boston suburb because we were living up there at the time and just thinking, whoa, this is going to be freaking amazing. And shortly after, Appetite came, and it was such an exciting time. Yeah, September of 1987, I was in an Ace Frehley concert in Providence, Rhode Island, where I actually went on stage oh, the, and sang yeah. background vocals in the song Rocket Ride. That's awesome. And you have pictures amazing. of that, too. Yeah, I've got photos. We should post wall, those. Yeah. And uh, Ace had these pants on that had guns on them, and then he had a shirt on that had roses, and he goes wow. to me, guns and roses. So what was amazing about those guys is that they had just became a national public band. Yeah, well, I mean, Sweet Child of Mine really didn't peak until 88. You know? Right. Yeah. And what was amazing is that even before that, people like Ace Frehley, who were on tour, knew about these guys and were like commenting that, there was that these such, guys were amazing. There was such a buzz. And I mean, you know, Welcome to the Jungle was the first video slash single. And that's where the buzz started, you know, really. with, But it was still an underground thing until many months later when Sweet Child of Mine kind of hit, hit on the charts and exploded all over MTV. And for me personally, I feel now the same amount of excitement about Chinese democracy. And I know yeah. some people might disagree with that. And I, I, I feel that, that some of our listeners will agree with that. But I, I just am so excited for this record. And I mean, the leaks... Have 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 not <laughs> dashed. Yeah, right. well, they, they, they didn't, peaked our interest. I think. Yeah, yeah, they peaked our interest instead of diminishing our interest. Right. Sometimes if you hear an album in advance, you're like, okay, it came out. Who cares? But these leaks make me want to hear more. Yeah, definitely. Let's uh, let's get into all the interviews. We got Matt Sorum coming up, Teddy Zigzag, and Metal Mike. Let's read a letter real quickly first. Hey, Mark and John. Talking Metal is the only podcast I listen to. I look forward to every new episode. You do a fantastic job. Well, thanks, man. I just wanted to share with you my thoughts on the first Guns N' Roses show in San Francisco, since I know you're a big fan of the new band. I was at the show last night. This is obviously came in on the 22nd. The band sounded and felt tighter than the Hammerstein shows that I saw in May. I think being on the road really helped them gel. Robin, Richard, and Ron, a.k.a. Bumblefoot, all played fantastically. I think Ron's playing, most notably during Night Train, 
was very impressive. Robin definitely has the most rock star charisma of the new band. I was impressed with that. I thought the new song sounded great, especially better. I was pleased with the reception that Better got from the crowd on the floor where I was and surprised by how many people knew Madagascar. The show got off to a ferocious start with Welcome to the Jungle, It's So Easy, Brownstone, and Live and Let Die, and ended ferociously with Paradise City. Axel had a ton of energy, and I mean a ton. That was very impressive. I honestly had difficulty hearing Axel clearly during a large portion of the show. When I could hear him, he was hitting all the notes without problem. He sounded great during Paradise City and really seemed to kick it up a notch then. I talked briefly to Ron before the show. He was great, a very nice guy. Overall, an amazing and unforgettable show. I'm glad I was there. Take care and long live Talking Metal. Ollie. Thanks, dude. I know you're a hardcore fan, and we appreciate you touching base. You know, I had like three other letters from the Vegas shows and the... Another one from Donnie from the San Francisco shows, and I forgot to bring him. So uh, that's sorry. Okay. You know what, Ollie? Thank you very much for your email. What a great review of the show in San Francisco. What a great city, too. Let's check out John Astronomy and Matt Sorum. Yeah, this is a great interview. I did this at the Motley Crew Hard Rock Anniversary Party, and we've got a lot of cool gun stuff in this interview. And plus, it was just amazing to interview Matt because I've been such a fan of his, being a drummer, through all his bands, and I was very honored to have Matt stop by to hang out with Talking Metal. Definitely. Former Cult drummer, former Guns N' Roses drummer, current Velvet Revolver drummer, Matt Sorum, and John Astronomy. Here it is. Hey, Matt. It's yeah. John with Talking Metal. How's it going tonight? Talking Metal. What's that? Talking Metal is the number one metal podcast worldwide on iTunes. Oh, cool. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, so how's it going, man? I'm good. I'm here uh, just for the weekend. My band's working on a new album. Rick Rubin's producing us. Are you guys recording in New York? No, L.A. So Don, uh, my friend, runs the Hard Rock Cafe stuff here and uh, flew me in. Cool. You guys played here before. Yeah, we did. We did a a party. I can't remember what the hell it was for. And uh, then I did... um, a gig here with Camp Freddy as well, my other band. Very, very cool. Right outside on the roof. Oh, that's great. That's totally cool. So, um, what, what do we expect for this new record? Well, I'm really excited about it. It's our second album. Our first album did really well. So, you know, I'm just thinking it's going to be a, a much better record because we're more of a band now. You know, we've been out on the road for almost two years. And we got a great producer, Rick Rubin. And, couldn't ask for a better producer. Oh, that's amazing. Rick is great. I think the songs are going to be better just because Rick's such a song guy and uh, he's keep staying on top of us. You know, I hung out with recently uh, Teddy Zigzag and he told oh, yeah. me that he was uh, working on some demos with you guys. Oh, Teddy Zigzag used to play with Guns N' Roses, you know. He was yeah, our, absolutely. He was our second keyboard player. When, when we went out on the stadium tour, we had almost nine players on stage. We had three chicks playing horns and we had uh, two background singers and, and Teddy was a keyboard. <laughs> awesome. And, and, when we go to hotels, we'd always like shut down the lobby, and he'd be the keyboard player. In the oh, lobby, that's great! You know? Yeah, he could play like anything, lounge yeah, stuff. Every fucking song there is, man. Yeah, yeah, he plays with Alice, and uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, he came over and played on some VR demos. Very, very cool. Three on there, and we might, you know, we've been talking about maybe bringing out a keyboard player on the next tour. Oh, well, that'd be cool. Teddy'd be the guy. That's great, man. He was a really nice dude. B three and harp and and piano, and you know, he's awesome. 
Very cool. Now, last time you were in New York, you uh, hung out with Axel. I did. Yeah, how was it? That was cool, man. I've, I've called him a couple of times, but he never calls me back, so whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but I think it, it's it cool that you guys cool. hooked up. We, we, uh, we had a nice talk. You know, we hadn't talked in 10 years. Wow. I don't think anybody did. Nobody's you know. talked to, you know, uh, after we split up, it was bad, you know. And I think after, you know, that, that amount of time to see him, I, I probably didn't have any ill feelings towards him or anything, you know. So I... I think we patched up a lot of a lot of old crap. He thought I hated him. I'm like, I don't hate you, dude. I'm like, you know. Oh, that's you know, cool. Down the road, flying around in a private jet with you, man. You didn't even have time to like, <laughs> you know, get yeah. laid every day. I mean, what do I? What am I? What am I gonna hate? Hate about that? I mean, you know, the fuck. So it's like, you know, you fucking up there shaking your ass, and making me lots of money. I mean, <laughs> that's great. I don't even know if you know this, but they just came out with an Ozfest DVD, and yeah. you guys are on it. It's yeah, really cool. Play Donington, man. Yeah, it was a huge show. It actually isn't called Donington anymore. It's called Low. Uh, uh, what is it called? Fucking something to do with the internet, like Lowdown or Loaded or fucking. Every one of these. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I know what, what is that it is. It's like um, download. Download. Right. Download. And it was at Donington, man. That was like fucking a hundred thousand. That was huge. Moshing, fucking dirty English kids. And I like you guys had a sign behind you. It was like a like a Kiss Elvis sign, oh, yeah, Velvet Revolver. That we yeah, Velvet Revolver thing. Except we used to have it with Guns and Roses, and it was a lot easier to get the crowd to chant Guns and Roses, Velvet Revolver. It just doesn't sound as good. <laughs> well, the name is great. It's the- good band, but you know the name doesn't. You know, it's going to be really fucked up to say it in Japan. They're going to get all that shit fucked up. Matt, thanks very much for taking the time to hang out. I want to let you get through, and and I'll see you. Oh, amazing. There's the man right there. Thanks, Matt. All right, dude. That was excellent, by the way. You told me you got him, and I thought it was like a little 30-second thing. That's great, man. That was a great interview. Matt was amazing, man. I even felt bad for him because all of his people kind of left him and he hung out with us so that was great and it was awesome we'll was probably very, very cool we'll probably replay that in our hard rock uh, yeah we're gonna do a whole nother specials. episode dedicated to that and we'll replay the whole interview mark you just had some more wine yeah what do you have now well it's a different bottle it's the black opal australian thing uh merlot cool. 2004 let's have another talking metal 100th episode toast T- to, to Matt Swarm, Bumblefoot, Teddy Zigzag, Teddy Zigzag, and Metal Axel Mike. Rose, Metal Mike, and Sebastian Bach, and Sebastian Bach. Cheers, guys! Cheers, you guys everyone. are always welcome on Talking Metal. I tell you, Sebastian Bach is just such a cool dude. Yeah, I mean, I've known Sebastian for so long. One of the craziest things ever is that, believe it or not, Sebastian was doing Jekyll and Hyde. And I had been there a couple times because at the moment I was hanging out with this girl. Her name is Adriana. If you go to astronomy.com, you can see some photos of her. And I took her to see Sebastian doing Jekyll and Hyde. And then I went there a few days later. And believe it or not, Sebastian and Maria were so nice to ask me to be in charge of London, Sebastian's son. So I always thought it was great that this crazy guy, me, had enough credibility to to watch Sebastian's son. Yeah, definitely. Which showed that they trusted me, which was good. Definitely, dude. And he did a great job at Jekyll and Hyde, and Sebastian and Axel are like best buds, so that's cool. Set up the Teddy Zigzag interview. Where'd you meet up with Teddy? This is back at the fantasy camp thing? 
Yeah, this is back at the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. And Teddy Zigzag was a great guy. He played on the Use Your Illusion Tour. And this guy can I play... I think he's on that live record, too. Right, he's on that live record. And he can play rock. He can play any style. You put Teddy Zigzag at a keyboard with any band, and he's going to shine and do a great job. That's how cool this guy is. Totally, dude. Totally. He's the real deal. Matt Sorum even just said that maybe Absolutely. he'll go out with Velvet Revolver. That would be amazing, man. I remember being with him at like 6 a.m. at hotels, getting Starbucks, and uh, I think we got the wrong thing for Bruce Kulik, unfortunately. But that's how fun it was. We were just hanging out. What do you mean the, the wrong thing? The wrong we, drink? We got the wrong drink for him oh. because we had this crazy Starbucks order. It was like a half-calf latte, half-calf decaf, and, and poor Bruce... I now know what he wanted. He wanted one of those frappuccinos that come in glass that you can buy even in like Dwayne Reed. And he didn't want like an iced coffee. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I couldn't even drink it. Bruce said, you take it. And it's funny. I think we gave it to Mark Slaughter. He was like, thank you. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah, so, Mark Slaughter will be coming up on the podcast yeah, real We soon. had such a blast. And then I got to give you the best Teddy Zigzag quote, though. I go, maybe about the fifth night into this. This is or sixth or seventh night after I've been hanging with Teddy every day. I don't even want to admit this, but so classic talking metal. I go, Teddy, did I give you my card? He goes, John, every single night, but you've been liquored up every night, and I don't think you remember it. So (laughs) it was really funny. Typical astronomy. Typical astronomy. I mean that in a good, loving way. In a good, loving way, yeah. But Teddy was great. um, He actually just 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 sent us an email, which I meant to tell you about, through the the, uh, MySpace page. So you might want to log in there and check that out. Totally cool. Cool. Let's check it out. Here's John Astronomy and Teddy Zigzag, former Guns N' Roses keyboardist. Hey, this is John. I'm with Teddy Zigzag, Andreatis, and we are at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. A cool couple of days, man. It's, it's been rough. It's it's cool cool and, and hard to say. It's been fun. Let me tell you, it's been fun, all around fun. Is that your personal B3 down there? No, it's Fred Dawson's. Wow, that's great. He's a returning camper, and he brings it every year. Well, he brings it every year, I think, something like that. That's that's amazing. How does he? Where does he bring it from? I, I, where does he bring it from? Where is it? Fred? From Maryland. From Maryland? Yeah. He drives yeah. it down here? Yeah, on the West Coast, he rents one. Right, right. He yeah. his own truck that he drives. He plays in a band. Yeah, that's our friend Barry over there. Hey, Barry, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. So, Teddy, how'd okay. you get involved with Fantasy Camp? Uh, Jack Blades. I knew Jack Blades, and he asked me, uh, we were doing an Alice Cooper thing, and he asked me to, uh, if I would be interested in doing it. I said, sure. I, I've never, you know, never taught before in this, in this fashion. So I thought, ah, I'll help out, sure. And I had no idea it was going to be this much fun. But it is a lot of work, let me, let me tell you. It's a lot of work. But it's fun. In the end, it's all fun because, you know, it's, uh, the campers are the ones who are really um, are the ones that getting a lot out of it. So that's what's important. Now, how many have you done so far? Uh, this is my... Uh, Second, second one. I did the one in, yeah, this, they have two a year. February in New York, uh, LA, uh, August is New York. And then, it will, then there'll, there'll be one next month. It'll be the first of its kind, a one day camp. We'll set up in a parking lot at Germain Amphitheater, um, where Def Leppard and Journey are doing a headlining tour. And they're going to set up in the parking lot, start in the morning, pick a band. By the end of the day, there'll be some kind of battle of the bands, and they're going to, whoever wins will open up that show. That's insane. That's out of control. I, I'm I'm curious how they plan on dividing up those those tents so that <laughs> that sound doesn't travel. 
Yeah, see, indoor, we're here in the recording studio, and, and that's easy, but outside and tents. Outside, man, that's going to be a rough one, so I'll be curious to see how they do that. Very cool. Now, the Talking Metal listeners are insane Guns N' Roses fans. Right. You've played on Use Your Illusion Tour. Tour, did the whole tour. Two, two years with that, that tour. Biggest tour of that year, of, of that semester, so to speak. But, yeah. That was great. So how was it playing with Guns N' Roses? I mean, I, I wasn't a big Guns fan at the time. I became a, a quickly a Guns fan. But uh, you know what? For everything that, that was, people say about that band, when that band is on, there is nothing in the world I can, that is like that. When they're off, of course, then it's, that's a whole other story. It's like a can of crap, <laughs> you know. But, but when they're on, man, look out. Axel, there's no other – at that time, there was no other, no other singer like Axel Rose. Unbelievable. I still is. I mean, he's still a good friend. You know, whatever issues his, his, his issues are, you know, he, when he sings and he's on, phew, man, I'm telling you, like a freight train. It's Absolutely. I, I saw them like when they did the four night stint in New York and it was great. I was at three of the four shows. Oh, really? That was before me because I, I joined. Uh, I joined with Gilby joined. Same. same oh, very cool. Tour. Same tour. Yeah, yeah. No, I was talking about just the recent couple of shows that they did. Oh, 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 the uh, the, the the new Guns N' Roses. New Guns N' Roses. Right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a great, great front man. Great front man. You know, great singer, songwriter. You know, when when that combination of those guys got into a room, you know. It was unbelievable, man. They wrote stuff that nobody was writing. So, do you still keep in touch with those yeah, dudes? I've I played the, on the new demo, the, dev, the new Velvet Revolver demos. So, if everybody thinks that uh, that band is broken up, it's not. They're doing new demos, and they're, um, you know, I still talk to Slash and Duff, and I live down the street from Duff, and I see, you know, Gilby obviously because he's, uh, um, you know, he's on that Supernova thing right now. That, right. And. Um, but I, I see I see Slash on occasion. You know, I, when, when he wants me to do demos, I just go up to his house. You know, he works on his little machine. I do his demos, and we take it over to Matt's house. We record it there, and then send it over to Scott's. Totally cool. Now, I was going to ask, do you think Chinese democracy will ever come out? Uh, it has to. Yeah, it has to. Um, it, it, yeah, it'll come out. I mean, yeah, I think it'll definitely come yeah, out. Yeah, it'll definitely come out. Um, I, I, unfortunately, you know, I I just think it's too late. You know, it's it, for, for what it – for, for what it is, you know, I, you know, and I got to say that just because I'm very honest with those guys, you know, and I, I think they respect that. I don't know if they don't want to be my friend because I said something that's true. Well, oh well. Well, Teddy, man, thank you very much. Teddy has to go to a, teach a class in about a minute, and I know I kept him too long already. But thank you very much for taking the time out thank to you. talk to Talking Metal. We're psyched. Thanks, Talking Metal, and thank you, John Ostrowski. Right. You remembered that. It's amazing, man. An elephant never forgets. Cool, man. That was a great interview, dude. Another Teddy is so cool. Another classic astronomy, classic Talking Metal interview. All right, dude, this show is getting long. The people have been patient. Metal Mike was here a few weeks ago, and we, when he was here, we did a full show with him, and then we kind of taped a separate segment of him talking about the Guns N' Roses European Tour, which, of course, he is Sebastian Box, guitar player, and they had just gotten off that tour. So, again, this is probably three, four weeks old at this point, but this is Metal Mike right after he had returned from Europe touring as Sebastian's guitar player, and, of course, they were opening for Guns N' Roses. So let's uh, check this out, 
And we'll end the show with some of Metal Mike's music. Now, you can buy Metal Mike's CD that we'll put up a link right on Talking Metal in today's show notes. It would be awesome if you guys could go purchase his CD and show some support towards Metal Mike and also towards Talking Metal. Use that link in the Talking Metal show notes for episode 100. You guys are awesome. You have made Talking Metal. You have kept us going. I can guarantee we would have stopped doing this at... 40 episodes if we weren't getting any hits. The hits have been amazing. The downloads have been amazing. We are back in the top 40 music podcasts on iTunes, and you guys made it happen. We appreciate it. Thank you very, very much to all you cool dudes. We got TJ. We got Donovan. John Cosimano. Bass Dog. Bass Dog. Bonnie. Bonnie. We've got some amazing... Talking Metal listeners, Mark and I know all these people because we email everybody and we talk to you guys online, and you guys have made Talking Metal possible, so just as much as we're celebrating, you guys should also celebrate. Shout out to Randy Martin, Paul Fletcher from the UK, John, how do you say John's last name right there? He always emails us. I'm on my cell phone. Zawadski. Zawadski, yeah. John Zawadski. He, he's, he's a regular, yeah. He emails John Zawadski. Brett Baker emails in. I mean, we got so many hardcore fans. And so we, we apologize if we're not reading all of you guys' names because we're not by a computer right now other than the Pro Tools setup, but not well, our email. Did you say Donnie out in San Francisco? Yeah, Donnie. Yeah, you said him. He's crazy, that guy. Donovan, our great oh, producer. Donovan is amazing. He produces a lot of the show opens. Jared Matthews is awesome. We've got Gary T. we got to give a shout-out to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Gary T. Carlin. There's Aaron D. Don't forget about him. Todd, Todd Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Some of these dudes email in through their wife's email. It's so funny. I love it. Jennifer Higgins. We get an email. I'm like, oh, some <laughs> chick's emailing us. Yeah. And then I open it up, and it's actually... Uh, it's actually our our, our boy, uh, who I think is married to Jennifer, uh, Chris Higgins. <laughs> yeah, good for you, Chris, because hooking up with chicks is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, some like our oldest listener just emailed in. She's in her 50s. And oh, amazing. We'll, we'll read her email in a future episode for sure. Cool, man. We want to thank Evan Seinfeld, one of our best friends, Scott Ian, Frankie Bello, Bruce Kulik. Brent Thompson, the yeah, Anthrax Brent web Thompson master. Yeah, Brent Thompson from Yeah. We're going to thank from Brian Adrenaline. from Adrenaline. Yeah, he's, he's great. Been great. George from Maria, Media. Amazing dude. All our favorite groups, Lacuna Coil, Children of Bodom, Kiss. Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Paul Diano. Paul Diano. I'll just repeat everything you say. No. Right. <laughs> How about you say something and I'll say another All band. Right. You say a band, I'll say another band. Go ahead. Dude, I'm a little buzzed. This Molly is a cool. Coming up, Motley Crue. Velvet Revolver. (laughs) I love this. We're going to leave it in. Lamb of God. The redneck video. My parents came here. Listen to this. My parents came here. Arch Devil Driver. Devil Driver. Speaking of that, my parents came to New York. We sat down right where we're sitting. Before we even said hello, the prerequisite was we watched the Arch Enemy video. We watched the Lamb of God video. We watched the All the Remains video. All we the Remains. Earth video. Cheers to those guys. Definitely. Yeah, these guys are great. John 5. 
Sean Five. Such yeah. a cool dude. Yeah. Hooked me up, got me into a few parties that I was working for the company putting on the party, and I couldn't get in. And John Five got me in. Thank God. Nice Thanks guy. To John Great guitar Five. player. Bumblefoot. Bumblefoot. Well, Who else? Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl was awesome on the the VH1 Vcast. Right. For sure. Vince Neil hugging me. Def Leppard. Judas Priest. Scott Travis. Smack. Yeah. Scott Travis. One awesome of our best interview. buddies. Eddie Trunk, Lon Eddie Friend. Trunk, Lon Friend, Sharon Osbourne, amazing. All the guys in Black Label, Nick, yeah, Cantonese, JD, JD, my friend. Some of the more classic hard rock, classic metal guys like Stephen Piercy, yeah, Janie Lane, Firehouse, yeah. Firehouse. Who else did you hook up? Don Dockin. Don Dockin. That Don Dockin interview was awesome. That was, was one of our favorite interviews. It was so funny, man. It was so funny. We were, we were in a tour bus with Don Dockin, and that was just amazing. There was like a myriad of girls there who I still keep in touch with, by the way. Oh, cool. We want to thank M. I mean, M has been a major part of the 100 Talking Metal episodes because our fans love to hear M talk. Yeah, they do, definitely. And here's the She's thing. She's gotten a M, good response, definitely. Not only is she cool, but M is like a massive metal fan who may know more about a lot of metal than I do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I admit she, it. Here's a story about Emily Striegel, a.k.a. M. Cody of right. the Minx. We were, when we were still dating, she took me to see Camp Freddy, actually. Oh, my God. Who uh, Matt Sorum mentioned right. earlier. And we were hanging out, and Dave Navarro came up and told her, this is pre-Velvet Revolver, Wow! told her, we were talking with Dave Navarro, who was holding Emily's hand. I was like getting a little jealous. Oh, wow. And he was like, I just want to let you know, we, they were talking about Guns and Roses, and oh, there's my wife right now. There is M um, right now. Which I'll... Speak of Emily. Put her on. Let's see if we can yeah, hear hold her. Hold on one second. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. Hey Emily, you uh, you coming home from re- rehearsal? Yeah, that would be great. We're just wrapping it up. Okay, talk to you soon. See you later. John says, "See you later." <laughs> so funny, I can hear. Her. You could hear? Her? Yeah, I can hear her exactly. Talking yeah. metal listeners may not be able to hear, her, but I could hear her, like every word. It was great. Right. Uh, anyways, Emily Dave Navarro came up to her and and told her that the new singer of of Slash Revolver. And, well, it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't even called yet, that right? yet. He said the new singer of Slash and Duff and Matt's Don't new band me. is. Let me guess. And I'm telling you, it wasn't Scott I'm Whalen. <laughs> the guy from Buck Cherry. No. Okay, hold on. Sebastian Bach. Close, but no, no. Buck, no. Okay, more, wait, pick, pick more alternative. Less metal. Think Pennsylvania. I know. Fueled singer. That's it. Brett Scallions. He told Emily, I was standing right there, that Brett Scallions is the new singer of what was to become Velvet Revolver. Wow. Yeah, I love uh, Snitch, who Brett used to be part of, may still be. And which, by the way, my wife's band, if you guys are in town, is playing the Snitch Club, which Duff Rose McKagan owns along with Scott Welland. And they are playing there. So definitely check them out. I believe that's uh, next Friday. Cool. Guys, it is episode 100, and we can do whatever we, are really partying. we want. Yeah, th- we've taken it to the next level without yeah. question. Let's go for it. I One more toast to our devoted listeners. 
And Thank let's, you, uh, everybody, for the 100th episode. Check out Metal Mike, our good buddy, right now, talking about his experience with Guns N' Roses in Europe. And then check out some of his music and use that link to support him and buy the CD, which I've been listening to nonstop. And shout out to all our fellow podcasters. I really yeah. love you guys. Michael Butler, if it wasn't for him, I don't think we'd be doing no, this. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. We wouldn't be doing and this. And I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts now, too. I love Penn Jillette's podcast from Penn & Teller. I love the mediocre show, some crazy funny stuff out of Philadelphia, Trucker Buddy and whatnot. All good stuff, you know. Sci-Fi's podcast, by the way, the Sci-Fi Wire hosted by my buddy Randy, is in hiatus. So if you guys subscribe to the official Sci-Fi Channel podcast, know that it probably will come back. We're, uh, just stick we're around. Gonna, yeah, just stick around and go to Sci-Fi.com for all your updates on Battlestar and Lost Room and Ghost Hunters and all the good stuff that we got going on at Sci-Fi. This is a classic night for Talking Metal. I mean, we're back... Back in the original home front of Talking Metal. From CC Banana to Guns N' Roses Velvet Revolver drummer Matt Sorum, you guys have witnessed it all. The first 20 episodes we did pull down for numerous different reasons. Yeah. All right, dude, we got to wrap it up. Right into the Metal Mike interview, capping off the evening with some of Metal Mike's great pain museum music, which, again, you can buy through the talkingmetal.com link of today's show notes i'm on my way out to new mexico man so i'm gonna have a blast out there i know it's gonna be fun and i want to just say thank you to everybody who is actually still listening i think most people have probably shut it off by this point which i hope they haven't because this metal mike stuff is great and his music is so good that you gotta go support him by using the link on Talking Metal. Actually, I don't even care if you use the link. Go to CD Baby and search CDBaby.com and search Metal Mike. Buy up both Pain Museum CDs. Yeah, Pain Museum and Metal Mike rule. We're going to get right into the interview with Metal Mike about the Sebastian Bach tour with Guns N' Roses. We're going to follow that up with the track Scars in Black from Pain Museum. We'll see all you guys on November 5th at the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Guns N' Roses concert. We'll then see you guys on November 10th at the Madison Square Garden Guns N' Roses show. Thanks for sticking with us for 100 episodes checking out hey this is john i'm here with mark and metal mike class chuck yes what's going on man that's going good apparently a lot of the listeners know that metal mike was on a previous podcast where we went over everything he's been up to and is currently doing and if you haven't checked out that podcast please go back and listen to it but on today's show we are specifically talking about your recent tour now you've been back in the country about how long mike uh, uh, two and a half, maybe three weeks at the most. Yeah, and, and you had a, a a pretty crazy few months. And you, yeah, you went out on tour. You flew back to Los Angeles to record a record, mm-hmm. then back to New Jersey for a few days to record some more, and then yeah. back on the tour. Yeah. Now the tour you were doing is you're playing guitar with with the one and only Sebastian Bach. That's correct. Yeah. Who is kind of after many years back in the spotlight? He's uh-huh. he's touring with Guns N' Roses with you, of course. He's on VH1 in the Supergroup show. I mean, it's it's almost uh, to borrow a term from Halford, a resurrection of Sebastian Bach. I mean, yes. he's back in the spotlight, and you are a part of that. Mm-hmm. Tell us Again. how you got involved with Sebastian. Uh, well, I um, 
Sebastian emailed me a few times, and he says, hey, dude, uh, I'm still looking for that great guitar player, and I heard you live in New Jersey. And at that time, I was playing with Testament, and I said, Baz, you know, I, I would love to uh, write some stuff and tour, but, you know, I, I'm going to go on with Testament, and uh, so... I really cannot do anything at this time, but thanks, dude. You know, let's stay in touch. And he would, you know, later on, he'd be like, all right, bro, what are you doing now, man? <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, you only live an hour away. We've got to write. And then what ended up happening is that Testament has announced the reunion um, of all original members. And I ended up speaking with Steve DiGiorgio, the bass player who was with Testament for six, seven years. And he says, well, I'm playing with Sebastian now, and Sebastian's looking for some great metal songs for his solo record. And I said, well, tell Baz that if he wants, I'll write some uh, great stuff for him. And, uh, you know, we could get together, or, uh, finish the songs, and that'll be that. And uh, next conversation with Sebastian was like, um, do you want to play Sweden Rock with me? It's 20,000 people. And I said, yes. And I haven't stopped since. <laughs> See, that is insane and that's amazing. And I always thought that, uh, although I loved the stuff Sebastian did with Skid Row, that he was even into more metal than Skid Row mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think he was attracted to what you were doing mm -hmm. with Testament and with Halford and with all these guys. And that's why he called you. So what a cool partnership between you guys. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's yeah, it's it's an honor to also play. With a, one of the greatest vocalists of all time, you know. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I, I've I've had a chance to play with some of the best, and I, I'm just totally speaking as a fan. Obviously, it's the metal guy and Sebastian and Chuck Billy, Absolutely. but then I I did um, I also played with Jeff Tate, Bruce Dickinson, and Rob Halford at the same time when Bruce Jeff. And Rob did the song, the one you love to hate from Resurrection. I'll learn the story. Great though. record, and you guys—that's actually on the live record too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just, I'm just so taken back as a fan that I'm like, when Sebastian was like, "Man, this is amazing," because you know, even though Skid Row wasn't my ultimate band of all time, I must say that Sebastian, as a frontman and a singer, is one of my favorites. And I just, I just really get off on this pure, pure rock. You know, not fabricating. No one can tell because Sebastian is the way he is. You love him or hate him, but he's there's only one way he can be, you know. Now, what songs were you guys doing? Were you guys doing a lot of Skid Row songs in the set? We're doing a decent amount of it. Obviously, all the hits, um, but we've been working in um, some uh, newer material as well. So the, the, the more shows we'll play, as long as it's a headlining show, we will do 65% uh, Skid Row new stuff you know because i think by now i mean sebastian knows that he's gonna you know I, he's always gonna have to play i remember you because out of respect to to his legacy and sure his fans, absolutely but he's so anxious to play the new stuff and as, as a band for us it, it feels really good because you know um you know i didn't write i remember you you know it's a great part to be like part of that legacy and, and bring those songs to life again with sebastian's voice but as an artist i really thrive to bring the new stuff forward you know Right, so basically Guns N' Roses reappeared. They did four sold-out shows here in New York, and Sebastian joined them at each one of those shows mm -hmm. for My Michelle, mm -hmm. the classic Guns N' Roses song. And a few days, I think, after those four shows ended, suddenly it was announced that Sebastian Bach and the Sebastian Bach band, which you're in, was going to be the opening band on the Guns N' Roses yes. European tour. How did that feel? I mean, when you first got the news that you were going to Europe to open for Guns N' Roses? Well, it it 
it it it started like this. Sebastian calls me like eleven o'clock one night, and his voice is like, and I'm like, dude, are you alright? I thought something happened, and he goes, dude, Axel Rose just called me, and I go. What? He goes, dude, you don't understand. You don't understand what this means. He goes, like, Axel Rose just called me, man. I'm going to see him rehearse, and I'm I'm going to do a song with them. And, I, you know, I, I don't know what those things mean. I'm like, it's killer, you know. But I, I always realize those things after what it means to the world and ultimately, you know, like myself later, Sebastian. And I'm just, like, in the moment, you know. And uh, so he was all... F- flipped out about it and then when we went to see some i i think i sebastian saw all four and he sang in all four shows um and then i went to see to two of those shows and uh yeah and then axel says i want your band to open up you know that's and, uh, insane that's so cool purely on friendship like very just, cool sebastian i like you i want your band to open up and and that's exactly what we talked about in the last podcast is like it's all about the friendships and it's not what you have done last five minutes or ten minutes ago it's like if it's cool let's just do it what's great about that is it's it's completely about friendship because it wasn't like let's do a big marketing ploy and see which band is going to be the best band Mm -hmm. to open for Guns N' Roses Mm -hmm. let's say but instead it was we're friends with Sebastian let's get Sebastian's band to open Yeah. yeah How much interaction did you actually have with Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose? Okay, a friend of mine, Ron Thal, the Bumblefoot, Ron Thal, is this crazy guitar guru in his guitar circles and a really talented guy. And um, so I knew Ron and I would would spend a lot of time with him and some other guys in the band too. Um, With Axl, personal, my my interactions were... During the uh, the after show parties that I partook in every single one personally, thank you right. very much. Which we did too in the one which I have to tell people was the only party I ever went to where you had to go on an elevator to get to the bar. Yes, it was a wonderful experience. So, right. uh, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. So Axel was really cool, and I've had some really good conversations uh, with Axel, and it, and it's funny because it all comes down, and Axel is, you know, we've, we've talked about some crazy stuff, and ra- apparently Axel is also a Rob Halford fan, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the so. one thing I, I know about Axel is he seems to, whether it be Wasp or Judas Priest or, or you know, Anthrax, he seems to appreciate and really genuinely love metal music. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's and then this this is a reason when someone like Axl Rose goes away for a number of years, which he really did, he reappears and it's like Elvis has returned, and I've seen it. It's it's a it's like a hysteria of some sort, and it really is. It's not fabricated. It's not the record company paying people to go to the parties. You know, it's not a record company giving away tickets for the kids. I've seen in, in Europe, I've, I don't know, in the States too. I've, in the States, I've seen slightly older crowd, just tiny bit. When I'm saying older, it's like when, I've, when I went to Europe, I've seen like 16-year-old kids in the front row with the, with the Guns N' Roses shows. It's like, amazing. Not a lot of bands can do that. And um, it's it's and I think for a reason. It also always starts from, in, uh, from this in-depth... Um, Aura, whatever, with Axel. I've, you know, there's the only, and I've, I did this crazy um, tour report, uh, but there's, there's only been a few people I've ever, ever met in my life that had this magnetic, amazing aura. And, and Rob is one of them, and Axel is also another one of those, just naturally. It's 
something happened to these guys when they were brought to earth that is just different that people just want to know and be with those type of people you know it's wild it's so cool that all through the tour that you experienced that i did you know and it, it threw my mind for a loop it's just that tour make me look at my work that i've done at everything else in a different light there's a whole other doors that i've that i felt that i've opened for myself but also the way i've looked at different things you know and it's wild for a band that hasn't been around for 10 years to do that it's it's pretty insane yeah. and it was amazing man we played the sold out arenas every night i mean how many times you get to do that wow. it's it's amazing you know? and, and, it, and it's uh I, i'm imagining that a lot of the 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 kids and, and fans that showed up were just as much into Skid Row as they were Guns N' Roses. I mean, I would I would think that a lot of them were there to hear a lot of those old Skid Row classics. Well, yes, and and that you know that was that was something that was actually growing a lot because um, a lot of the shows that were run they weren't extremely well promoted for Sebastian and the band. Um, there was a bullet for my Valentine that that were on some concerts. But the big posters was Guns N' Roses and support. So a lot of times kids did not know who they were going to see. But as the internet, once again, thank God to the internet and, and, and the rumor mill and everything starts spreading, more and more kids will show up with, you know, Skid Row banners or Sebastian Band ba- banners. And, and we had our only individual fans from Sebastian's Band come down and, and, and for us. So, yeah, it, it, it kept growing. I just wish it kept going, you know what I mean? Wow, it's very interesting that the tour posters didn't say exactly who was actually playing on the gig. Yeah, m- most of the time it was Guns N' Roses, some really big full posters, plus support. And wow. sometimes I would see Bullet for my Valentine, but Sebastian and, and Sebastian's Band was not mentioned most of the time because he was see, such a late addition to the tour. Right. What I think is cool is that people started to realize that you mm-hmm. guys were opening up mm-hmm. and part of that tour, and I think a major part of the tour, because I think that during this tour, Axel and Sebastian really had a bond that mm-hmm. was a major part of the tour. Yeah. I mean, it's it, – yeah. And the thing is, I must say that by the time we were on – the the places were really well attended. It's not like we had the first five rows and then everybody showed up for Guns N' Roses. Like people were there, you know. So there was they're so early. By the time we finished sound checking, there were already people sitting on the floor. You know, we're Definitely. like, hey, everybody. <laughs> wow. Now, did you did you get any inside information on when the new Guns N' Roses record might be released? Um, you know, I've never I've never talked with with Axel one on one in regards to that. But every everything that I've read, just like everybody else, right, sometime sure. this year. Sometime you know? this year. Well, yeah. we all hope that it comes out. I yes. Mean, there were uh, like four leaked tracks that yeah. I, I, I have to admit listened to, and they sound very strong, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I, I hope that they do come out soon. Yeah. There's a song called IRS that they have. Yeah, sure. Live, it's been, the stuff they've been playing live definitely held up to the old stuff, Right. I thought. And um, what, what could I say? Uh and I, I think the, the the sign is now. I mean, why would Axel go out on the road if the record wasn't coming out? Yeah. So yeah. I think there's there's something going on. Well, yeah, let's hope <laughs> definitely. But tell us about the new record you're doing with Sebastian Bach. Roy Z is producing, which uh, mm-hmm. it sounds great. I mean, Roy Z is known for a lot of great records, like mm-hmm. the records you did with Rob Halford, and also, of course, the Bruce Dickinson mm-hmm. records. This sounds like it's going to be an amazing heavy metal record by yeah. Sebastian Bach. Metal Mike teaming up 
Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about when we can expect to hear it. Well, the the, the record's called Angel Down. Um, it's it's a tentative title, The My Stay. And the record's going to be... Um, there will be two things that the, the record might come out really late this year or really early next year. Okay, cool. Um, and that depends on, on some, some business lo- logistics that are taking place. But right. um, if the record came out really early 2007, that'll be great too because this will allow us to set it up and do all the correct press and set up the right tours, then just, right. uh, which actually will be worthwhile for the fans because they'll, they'll get a band on tour that, that's prepared, going the right packages, then just kind of... You know, flying by the seat of their pants, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Sebastian now has been doing, you know, out on the road with you and Axl Rose. He was recently on the the Supergroup. Uh, mm-hmm. What was that show called, John? Supergroup on VH1 with Evan Seinfeld, Sebastian, Ted Nugent, Scott Ian. Democracy, right? Democracy. Democracy, yes. yeah. And so, I mean, I feel the cards are really set for a major return of Sebastian Bach, which... Uh, well, th- yeah. I mean, I mean, because I, I think the, the, uh, see, this is, you know, I, I, this is something that we could talk on forever. But I think the heavy metal world is in need of of real rock stars on real people who put a lot of excitement. That's hence the, re- you know, return of Axel and and Sebastian and. And t- I'm so happy that that Halford was part of the bands that I'm not saying we were responsible for, it, but I'm saying that we had a good chunk in leading that kind of pack of of tr- of, of hard rock. Um, Definitely, I, you know. And it, so it does feel like that. You know, it's kind of like that's what heavy metal hard rock is about. Is is the backlash of of a band who maybe has a single, and if the band fails, the label signs another band, and it's a tax write off. You know, we're, we're that's right. why you you'll get another record from Guns N' Roses, or another record from Sebastian that people do care about. Yeah. Or Rob, ten years after the last record, let's just say right. that was commercially successful because we're all here. You know, we're all, we're all these love it. these people you're mentioning are iconic. They're legendary. Yes. And I I agree with the Elvis com- comparison that you made earlier. We'd it, love to play some music off your record which is available on cd baby it is linked under the show notes for today's podcast it is the pain museum you have the right to remain violent tell us about this song scars in black what does that actually mean scars in black uh you know scars in black um it's it well you know it's 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 kind of like a tired idea by now perhaps um Usually, when you get a scar in yourself, it's usually a dark red or so, and it hurts only so deep. But if you imagine scars actually cut so deep that it's black, and that the song the song lyrics are are really about um, United States and nine eleven, and that's what the lyrics talk about. Um, but it's the fastest pain museum song to date, and it's uh, it's 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 we love it. You know, it's it's been a fan favorite for a long time. So use the links on talkingmetal.com. Under today's show notes to purchase this, show your support for the podcast, show your support for Metal Mike by buying this CD. It's an excellent investment. The CD has a lot of cool extra enhanced stuff on it and well worth the ten ninety nine price on CDBaby.com. Metal Mike, what's your website? Um, it's MetalMike.net. And if I may also, I might let everybody know that we um, I did an incredible merchandising deal now with um, BioWorld and balls out so you're actually going to get pain museum metal mic 
whole line of heavy metal T-shirts at Spencer's and Hot Topics, which is a totally cool, wild thing. And you know, I'm, I'm personally, I'm not like person. This is my only opinion. I'm not like the biggest Hot Topic fan of all time, but I felt like if I could put some real metal there and take you away from. The green days, I'm there. So. Yeah, believe me, you're <laughs> going to put real metal in the hot topic. That's figured, great, well, dude. Well, it's my uh, heavy metal duty, so. And metalmike.net. Absolutely. Everybody check that out. Right now, we're going to get into the track, Scars in Black. 